This is our first time doing this for a little while, and hopefully you don't get too used to us, but uh, we really want you to uh, encourage these kids. And a lot of them are stepping out on faith tonight. A lot of them are waiting in the wings, seeing what happens to the first ones, you know. And uh, you've all been there before. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, what I've done is I've tried to create an atmosphere. We've been working through Radical, the book Radical, and how God... We get comfortable in our own little relationship with God, and God's trying to step us out to bigger and greater things that we can't always comprehend or know that God wants us to do. But we're trying to feel that out and feel our way through the book. We're starting chapter 4 next Sunday night, or when we get back, and uh, chapter 4 is going to be a little difficult, but i got four kids that's really wanting to share, and I'm going to have them come up and share a testimony, and I'm going to have our... Youth pastor, Travis, come on up. You know him. He's done it before. Come on up, Travis. And then Trenton, you can follow. And then Rachel, you're next. And then Rachel Paris will be last, okay? I'm just wondering how I got roped into doing this one first. <laughs> well, the first thing what I want to talk about is that none of us would be able to be up here doing this without Brent Holloway. And no one else would be able to have the walk with God that we all have without Brent Holloway. I think he's one of the greatest guys ever. If this gives you any aspect, one time when I was, I don't even remember what grade that was, but I didn't have tennis shoes or something for PE, and he gave me the shoes off his feet. <laughs> he walked around the middle school with no shoes on. I wouldn't do it. Uh, so I forgot about this till this morning, and then Brent reminded me of it, so I don't really have anything, so I'm going off wing. Uh, what I do most in the church is all-star basketball. I know some of you guys come and help of it, and it's honestly truly a blessing to see. There's, 200, there's normally about 200 kids that play, and it is, it's crazy to see 200 kids that come down there. Some know about basketball, some don't. Some know about God, and some don't. But we are able to share the message of Jesus Christ and teach them basketball all at the same time. And it's just... It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing, and I think so many more people in the church because we have a lot of people come from different churches to coach our basketball teams and stuff. And I think it's something that you know is hosted in our church. People know it as it's a Dorsetville Baptist Church, and I, I wish some more of our members would step up and take a team. I'm, I've coached it since I was a freshman in high school. My mom, the first year, drove me back and forth every night of the week to come up here and help coach All Star. So if a 15-year-old kid can do it, an adult can do it. You know, I was terrified. These little kids are intimidating, especially when you got nine of them running around you, throwing balls all over the place. You get smoked in the head a couple of times, you walk away. And But it's, it really is a blessing. You can ask anybody who's ever coached an all-star basketball team. Ask Roth Clayton. He'll tell you it's a blessing because his job, he, that guy's got a tough job organizing all this. It's a lot, a lot of work. And then my sister, she gets to help a lot in that, too. And so it's just, it really is a blessing, especially when you're walking around at a high school basketball game and you see 15 kids that all walk up to you and say, hey, I know you from All-Star. Hey, you're the ref at All-Star. It really, really is a blessing to see how much kids really watch and know who you're in. Now, some of these kids, I don't know who they are because I wasn't their coach. I ref their game maybe all year or something, I don't know. But they, they remember you, and they remember what you're about. So you really, really show an influence, and it's, 
it's, I keep saying it over and over, but it really is a blessing to me that I've been able to get into this program and do it. It really is a great thing. Uh, if you give me a minute, I'll come up here with something else. Uh, and another thing, I, I, I think I've been pretty involved in the youth group, wouldn't you say, Brent? I don't get to do a lot of the summer stuff because my dad works me like a dog. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I would have liked to have gone through my, as my high school career and on, would have liked to have got on more stuff. But, you know, stuff happens. And uh, I just want to say this has been a blessing to build part of all this church and this youth group. I'm going to share a scripture with you guys that um, we actually learned in Sunday school the other week, and it really helps me. Um, well, we're all in, like, high school and junior high and stuff, and we start to get worried about, like, different things. And, like, I'm worried about my grades, like, constantly. And, and like, I'm even starting to worry about, like, which college I want to go to and... Like, whether I will get a scholarship or not. And this verse really helps me. It's Matthew 6, 33-34. And it says... If I can find it. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And that kind of just helped me, like... All that, all that week before a test that I spent worrying, it doesn't really make a difference. Like, I can worry all I want, and it's not going to change the grade that I make on the test or anything. And I just thought that some of you guys might appreciate hearing that and use it in your daily lives. So, Rachel. because I kind of just volunteered to do this, but um, I've gone to church here since, like, the day after I was born. My mom got out of the hospital and brought me to church, and it's just great to know that I have all these people here just to, like, be there for me if I need them, Especially, like, my grandpa and April, and I know that I have Connie and Todd Orton sitting right over there that I can go to at any time, and I have Linda Paul back there, and it's just great to know that you have a family behind you at church that you can go to at any time. It's a real blessing. like this standing thing very much. I'll sit on my knees, how's that? <laughs> Alright, um, when I was little, when I, was, I got baptized, I did the whole church thing, because that was what I was supposed to do, and that's, that's just kind of what is expected of you when you're growing up in the church. And I just kind of lived like that, I was just a Christian because I was told I was a Christian. 
And whenever I got into second grade, I I had a little my little clique of friends because Harrisburg is very clicky and you just you have that group of friends that that's the only people you talk to. And one of them was a Jehovah's Witness and one of them didn't seem to believe in God at all and one went to church kind of sort of sometimes not really all the time and one was a part of the seven-day Adventist is that what she was part of I think I don't know it was it was a different church that wasn't like it wasn't like our church it wasn't our denomination and I started to wonder to myself what would I say if they were to ask me why I believe the way I do and that inspired me in seventh grade to read my Bible all the way through so that I knew what I was talking about if they ever asked me. And it took me well over a year. I read a chapter a day and two chapters on Sundays. And I read my Bible entirely through by the halfway through my eighth grade year. And that really worked in my heart. It really, like, it, I grew really close to God during that time. And through it all. I had Brent there helping me and leading me through everything and showing me where to go and how to do it right and giving me all these opportunities to find, like, explore my faith and to understand it better and to, know, and to like, know in my heart truthfully, not to just say, yeah, I know, but to actually understand and know why I believe the way I do. And Eventually, I was called to missions, and in my heart, I said, well, okay, what can I do if I ever decide to get out of missions? What is going to be, like, if I ever decide this isn't what I want to do anymore, how can I get out of it? And so I decided I was going to be a medical missionary because the doctor can make good money anywhere. And, and, in, and so that's what I set up my life doing, and I went like that for probably three years, and I, started, I did my schooling around it. I will have most of the pre-med requirements and my entire Associates of Science degree by May of next year when I graduate from high school because of it. And like three months ago probably, God said to me and he, and at some point and he just started whispering and whispering over and over again, don't you have any faith in me? Don't you believe that I'll provide for you all the time? Don't you believe in me enough to put yourself completely out there and step completely in faith? And so I'm not going to be a doctor. I have no idea what I'm going to do, except for that I am going to be a missionary. And a lot of you guys, like, come out, and after these things like this that we come up and we do, and you come up and you say, Oh, you guys did such a good job, such a good job. And I want to kind of read something to you, all of you out there who intend to come and give me a pat on the back later. And <laughs> it's part of Luke 17, and it's Jesus talking. And he says, Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come from the field, Come at once and recline at a table. Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, then dress properly, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterwards you can eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, who have done what all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what is our duty. And that is all that we do whenever we come here to lead our worship, 
that's all we do when we go to centrifuge camp, or in my case, I will be on a mission trip to Jamaica during that week um, doing Bible schools for four different churches in the Lucy Parish. And that's what we do when we go to places like Montreal, and that's what we do when people like Cassidy go to Nicaragua and when they go to Africa and when they go everywhere is we are only doing our duty. And anybody who's doing less than that or thinks that we should be commended for that needs to seriously take a look at their Bible. Thank you. Amen. Brent didn't say that I was going to come up here because I just decided to in the middle of what Rachel was saying. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't really talk to people most of the time because when I talk, I get really emotional and I don't like to be emotional. But I really felt the need to say today that this has been my home all of my life. We moved a few years ago and I have found it impossible to find a church where we live that, that I feel anything at. And it's really good to come here and for the first time in a long time, I actually feel moved in church. Thank you. Amen. Amen. These kids have all done it, man. I'm telling you, they preach a sermon just through their own testimony. But I want to give you a word of encouragement as youth, as adults, out of God's word today. And it kind of goes along with what we've been doing all uh, the whole time here. And uh, our songs, it kind of spoke to it. But uh, God blessed me with a quiet time. And uh, I've been working through the scripture along with the radical book, along with how to uh, inspire our youth. And as a leader, God gave me this verse. And I was wanting to share it with you tonight. It's uh, found in Hebrews 13. If you'll turn there, Hebrews 13, 5. He says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not uh, be afraid. What can man do to me? Ah, right there it is. You say, hey, Brent, what's that got to do with tonight? Do you realize the songs we sing? Friend of God, okay? I am a friend of God. And what that means, a lot of times we look on our Facebook page and we always want to see all our friends. Hey, I got this many friends. I got this many things, okay? And we always want friends. But there's one friend that's going to stick closer than a brother. And that's God. The creator of who each one of us is, okay? He's going to stick close to us. He's going to be there for us. He's there cheering us on when nobody else is in the stands, okay? He's there at practice, okay? He's there when I don't even feel like I can raise my head up, okay? He's always there. And that's one of the things, being a minister is tough, ain't it, Dwayne? Hey, sometimes you guys are lighting our fire. You guys are giving us the pump we need. But there's sometimes when we deliver it to the youth group, 
You guys didn't act like a bunch of Christians out there. You guys didn't do it, you know, and I'm having to do that type of thing. And I feel like I ain't got a friend, okay? And then I get parents coming down on me and go, why would you talk to my kid like that? You know what I mean? And then I'm just going, wow, I'm out here all along on a limb, okay? But i got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When I'm doing what God wants me to do and what he's ordained me to do, there's a friend that goes with me. Thank God. Each one of us that are part of Jesus Christ, know him as our Lord and Savior, have him as our friend. And a lot of times we forget that he's with us. He's with us. The other part of this verse is he never forsakes us. Man, I want to go there. Never forsakes me for doing something dumb. You know, in our family, it happens sometimes. They like to make fun of Dad every now and then when he flips up. You know what I mean? And it makes me feel about yay tall. You know what I mean? I give him a lot of ammo. So, uh, you know, I, I bring it on myself. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm still Tracy's husband. No matter what pair of tennis shoes I'm wearing, okay, I'm still Tracy's husband, okay? They they can't get rid of me, okay? There's that bond. There's that bond that sticks there. Getting back to Facebook, I can't tell you how many kids, and adults you probably do Facebook too, but how many kids get all riled up at school about something that's coming down, and they go, well, I'm defending or defriending you. I'm taking you off my friend list and defriending you because, hey, I don't like you no more. All right? I can't count how many kids use that as ammunition. And this is the day and age we live in. Right, guys? There are people that defriend you for something you did, for something that didn't happen or whatever. There's people that get defriended. But I want to tell you, No matter how bad I fall down, no matter how bad I end up being, my God loves me and is not going to defriend me. He's not going to say, hey, Brent, you stunk it up. You can't be used. You are written off. No. I praise God that he put that in bold letters in there and he says, hey, look. You are important. You are right where I need you. And I got this other thing here about the first part of this verse. And guys, it's going to hit home. It's going to hit home with the youth. A lot of times we as youth, Travis alluded to a little bit of it, but we come up with excuses. We come up with excuses why we didn't do something. Travis, sorry to use that, okay? But here, make sure... That your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said. Alright? I think back, being content. In this day and age, there's always something new coming out. Oh, man, in the office, Dwayne. <laughs> I hate to pick on you, brother. But uh, the phone deal. I still got my original phone from four or five years ago, you know. It's the old flip phone, you know. I haven't updated. I haven't got all the bells and whistles. But Dwayne and Dave, man, they get to the latest phone gadgets, you know. And I'm still waiting for iPhone 5 to come out because I'm going to make a jump one day, you know what I mean? And I'm going to get myself up to the real speed. But, hey, 
Make sure you're free of all this. In this day and age, the biggest thing to hold in our youth back is the love of different stuff that happens. The different stuff that comes our way that we think we got to have. I got to have those shoes. I got to have that shirt, okay? I got to have that symbol on my outfit to be cool, all right? That's man's way. That's man's way of saying, hey, I've made it. I'm reminded of a police officer that came up to a wreck, and this guy was mumbling. He's going, oh, my BMW, oh, my BMW. And he just had just a horrendous wreck. And the policeman goes, what about your left arm? It's just dangling. He goes, oh, my Rolex, oh, my Rolex. (laughs) He didn't care about his bodily uh, body. He cared about the stuff he had. How many of that we laugh, but how many times is that us? How many times do we really say, hey, I got to have this. I got to have that. I worry about that because the devil's sitting out there saying, hey, I'm going to attack you, Christian. I'm going to attack you, youth person. I'm going to attack you, Trenton, because, hey, I know your weakness. And your weakness is stuff. Your weakness is fitting in. Your weakness is making sure that I'm part of the cool people. You see, God didn't call me. He didn't die on a cross to make me a cool person. Amen? God didn't pay such a high price to make me cool. I'm a nerd. Okay? God called me to make me saved. To save me from my sins. To save me from my shortcomings. That's what it's all about. That's the reason you're able to go on a mission trip. That's the reason you guys need to go to camp to learn what this relationship's all about. That's the reason it's a radical life he's called us to live. Because a radical life is stepping outside of our comfort zone. Steve, it's about singing lead, baby. It's about getting up here, strumming that guitar, and doing it not for anybody else in this building, but for him. Amen? Because that brings joy to my Savior's face. And that's what brings joy to should be our hearts. Is that, hey, that's the reason God made me. That's the reason he made me. Amen. One of the other things here I see in this scripture. uh, The last part. What will man do to me? I'm a youth worker. I'm a youth pastor. This speaks volumes to me. Because I can have the coolest program here at church. I can have the coolest kids here at church. I can have it all. But one of the things that really sets us apart is, man, peer pressure. Peer pressure, do you hear me? Is what kills them people following Christ is because, hey, I want to do what everybody else thinks is cool. I want to do what everybody else thinks is right. When what we need to do 
is what this book says is right. Amen? That's the reason we must know this book. That's the reason I was proud when uh, all these kids stepped forward, especially Trenton for reading that one on worry. And, uh, man, just does my heart good for these kids to know Scripture because God gives His Word here. It's like we're in a dungeon. We're trapped. Trenton was about worry. But yet he found a scripture in Sunday school class, in T.A. Devin's class, that dealt with worry. And I've made him memorize a lot of scripture. It's for when he gets in these dungeons, when he starts to worry, he's got a key to unlock the cell that God has made a way of escape for him. Okay? If he'll just take God's word and apply it to each situation. Amen? But a lot of times we fail to do that. And Matt was good today about pointing out, hey, we need to have these things written on our doorposts. We need to have these things spread out. We need to make sure that our kids do know Scripture and we do teach Scripture. Because that's what counts. He says his word will not go out void. That means it won't go out empty. It'll accomplish much. I remember Jonah or Joshua. Going to be the great leader, looking for his first battle. Ready to get his feet wet. God says, I don't even need you, man. I just want you to do what I tell you to do. Whether it makes sense to you or not, I just want you to do what I say do. And Joshua's going, you want me to go in front of camp with this strategy? Are you crazy? That's the way I feel sometimes. God, man. What are we doing with our youth? This is a time of cruciality. This is a time where we need to rise up. And yet, God gives these youth inspiration to rise up to the cause. To shoot up above the plateau of our world. And he'll make provision for them. He'll make sure they grow. We as a parent, we as a church can encourage and encourage and encourage until our kids take God's word, apply it to their life, and let them see what God's word's got to offer and see how real it is, that he really is a friend that's going to stick closer than a brother. He really is one that's not going to forsake us when we fail. That's one of the blessings of being a part of this church. Explain this to Dwayne the first day he came. I said, this church, I don't know. But I came here at a young age. And look at me, I'm old now. But I came here at a young age. But you all believed that I could lead your youth. And I failed in a few ways. Falling flat on my face. But you've helped me as God's people to get back up. And to see, hey, you can still do it. You can get her done. Amen? But it's God working, God doing it, and God sticking closer than I can believe that he can stick that gets the job done, isn't it? Each one of us have that kind of buddy that sticks with us. If you know Jesus Christ, you're Lord and Savior. And it doesn't matter how many people... This world says has defriended me on Facebook. There's still one friend I got. 
And that's the one that matters. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot of times we put a lot of stuff on material, on who's who, and that type of thing. But God's saying, hey, I believe in you. I know you can get it done. Do it. Don't worry about what man's going to do. Get it done. All right? And that's my inspirational talk for the church, for this youth group tonight, is that, man, don't forget, no matter what happens in life, no matter who you go up against, whether it be Goliath, a walled city, God's got a plan. He does. And it's going to win. It's going to be a knockhead plan. What happened to the walls of Jericho, folks? They fell down. Smash! Was it because we had such a mighty army? It's because we had such a mighty God. Amen. I'll bring you another one. A young man stepped out. David killed a Goliath. Did he have a mighty gun? Did he have the best tank? No. He had served a mighty God. He was a young man that was willing to challenge and willing to say, Hey, I believe in you, God. I don't care what man says. I believe. I can go. And I know that you go with me. Amen. That's what I see in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. If you want to take that home tonight and read that, that's awesome. But man, as we close this service tonight, if you don't have a friend that's going to stick close to you like that, I pray that you would tonight accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I pray that you would just open up your heart and say, Hey, I want a friend like that. I want somebody on my side when the chips are down then you need to invite Jesus Christ into your life tonight. Maybe you already know Jesus Christ, and maybe you're one of those ones that's going, wow, I've had my life, my priorities mixed up. I need to make sure that I am living for him instead of this earthly stuff so I can influence my friends and all this stuff. I want to make sure I'm living for him and not my friends then you need to come down here and say, hey, Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to drive a stake down. I'm not going to be ashamed of you. Just as you're not ashamed of me, I'm not going to be ashamed of you. Let's do it. Dave, you got a hymn? Clean hands, I think, is what we got in it. As we sing this song, man, this is another one of those songs that speaks right to it. Lord, give me clean hands. A soul to others. Man, our God's greater friend of God. We need a friend like that. If you would, this is your invitation. Stand and sing. <laughs>